to the first three years, a podcast designed to help provisional teachers in the Jordan School District. We're your hosts, Debbie Fisher, Trisha Tingey, and Amy Wood. We're so glad you've joined us. Each month during the school year, we will focus on how to thrive as an educator, even in challenging times. We made it to November. This month, we have some important information about licensing that we wanted to share with you. And we will also spend some time talking about making time for self-care as we head into the holiday season. Today we are here with Wyatt Bentley, and he's one of our, I don't know your official title, Wyatt. Uh, Human Resource Administrator, as far, I've used several different ones, uh, and then I've also used uh, Secondary Recruiter of HR, so. I was like, I know you work with Secondary, and I didn't know what your official title was, but We're here with Wyatt today um, to ask him some questions about licensing for our provisional teachers because we've had a few questions come up from teachers and just to pick his brain on things that may be helpful to you guys to know um, about licensing this year, especially if you're in that professional license stage where you need to renew at the end of this year. I know one of the questions that we've been getting Wyatt from teachers is they've heard that for the past several years, we've been telling them, you don't need points, you don't need points, but now all of a sudden this year, they need points. Can you tell us a little bit more about points and what what the new teachers need to do? Sure, uh, so instead of in the past, when you're a level one teacher coming out for those first three years, uh, instead of renewing, they would upgrade. And so then there was a series of things that they would do that would allow them to, to, to take care of that. Uh, with as of the July 1st, all of the licenses have been changed from level one, two, or three to just a professional license. And so with that being the case, there's not really anything to upgrade. And so that's what has kind of created that dilemma a little bit. Um, However, there are a couple of different things that they can do. Uh, They do still have an option to do either the old level one renewal form now again not it's not the upgrade form but the renewal form um, which is a little bit different than the new one uh, because it's it's structured like our old renewal forms are so yes it is 100 points but you can get uh, 25 points per year for teaching and so it's pretty there's it's a little bit broader in in what can be counted in that way for that renewal form Okay, that's for the level one renewal, then they can count their years of teaching and correct. Okay, but it's still their professional because they still have a professional license, right? Even if it so, that is an option. The the disadvantage with doing that if is that it is only good for three years, okay? Uh, Then they'd have to do it again in three years and correct, correct, whatever. So, if they do the other, if they do the new professional licensure, it would be good for five years. It is still only 100 points. However, they have changed the structure of how, how you can earn those points just a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and there's a couple of good resources that are out there, and, and I've shared those with you. I don't know if you want to put those links. Uh, Absolutely can. Um, there aren't any, uh, I don't believe there are any restrictions for you to be able to do that or anything. I think anybody can access and look at those links. So. Um, that'll break it down a little bit. And I'm always willing as well. If somebody's got a question about what they can or can't uh, use, I'm happy to visit with them. I think that, uh, frankly, when you start to look at this and you look at some of the opportunities, 
to get points. Um, it, it's a little intimidating at first because they because yeah. you're like, what can I count? What I can't count? Whatever where we go. But that's another thing I think they've done a little bit more is they've simplified it a little bit. So uh, there's not quite as many categories that all of those different points fall under. And I think, uh, and, and, and of course I have not renewed in this way because I renewed just prior to July 1st. So I did it the old way. Um, so just looking at the different categories that you can mm -hmm. earn credit you get credit you do get credit credit for your any of your professional learning and this is really honestly anything that you can get a certificate for you can pretty much get a seat right. hours so it's pretty pretty wide open that way conferences classes um any of those things the collaboration is a little bit more limited you only can get up to 30 points which mm -hmm. i think you're going to max those out pretty quickly. I mean, you, most of the schools have, you know, days or times when they're specifically collaborating and they can work through that. And that's, that's, I, I think you'll get those pretty easy. I suppose, so I'm wondering if a question will get on stuff like that too, would be like, would they need to have a log of hours or something like that to show those hours or? Um, I, I would suggest yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Only because, and I have, I haven't ever been audited, but I did have somebody get audited one time, and this was under the old system, mm -hmm. and they did have to have all of their certificates, and and so I would say a very simple log, that after they, you know, after they get done at the end of the year, just have their principal sign off saying, yep, this is when we did our professional. It doesn't need to be really complex or you know anything. That's just simple. Crazy. Yeah, just very portfolios or. Yeah, no, 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 nothing like that. So, yeah, and then the other part, obviously, just the certificates. Um, and, and so this would be any time that they have any kind of professional development. Uh, and they could just ask their principal to, to, if they wouldn't mind giving them a certificate showing that they had spent, you know, an hour doing this particular professional development. So, okay, perfect. That's one of the notes I made here. I had made some notes just looking at the upgrade form, or not the upgrade, the renewal form myself. And I thought, you know, our new teachers, we probably should just advise them, keep your certificates, make a folder. And then every license cycle, they're going to want to make a new folder with all the things that they're using to document their points. So. That's what's been super helpful for me. And, and frankly, I don't, I don't keep my hard copies because I get that stuff scattered everywhere. So I just snap a picture and then I just drop it into a Google Drive folder and, and, and then I just keep them for the next five years, right? That's what I keep in that folder. I, I just, I mean, if you were to look at my desk right now, you'd see the papers I have and scattered. And that's just one thing I don't want to have to worry about. So I just, like I said, I snap a picture of it and stick it in the folder. And that really, that's documentation enough. You don't have to have an original signed document. If you've got a a scanned or a photocopy or a photograph of it, you'll be in a you'll be in a good spot. Perfect. Um, and then, is there anything else with points that you think they would need to know? You know, a lot of a, a lot of the other points. The professional service is if you're in any kind of a leadership role. It depends. It really probably depends on what level you're at. And I'm not as familiar with the elementary roles, but in the high school, you know, they could be uh, an FBLA advisor and spend time on the board you know there's different there are some leadership roles that they can um have I, I the other one that pops into my mind we've got a few people that are serving on 
uh, like content area for the state. And so they go up and they do things at the state level. Those things can count as well. And so just, you know, if, if you are giving additional service and, and, and helping support uh, education at different levels, whether it's the state or the district level, you can also count that service in, those, in that time as well. So it seems like there's lots of ways then that they can get these points. It shouldn't be too hard to think back over the past couple of years. If they needed to renew this year, they should be able to come up with those points. Yeah, interestingly enough, like even if they volunteer for their kids and their kids' school, these are those are some of the things that you can count. You can count those things as well. Um, substituting, uh, you know, so I realize our year round schools are going out, but but that is one thing that they could count from previous years if they've been able to do that, or even if even if they cover for um, an hour here or there, they can actually count that substitution. That'd be nice for secondary well. teachers for sure when they cover preps and things. Great. So point shouldn't be too stressful. It shouldn't be something that I lose sleep over. No, it really, it really, um, it really is just there to make sure that we're kind of learning and growing. And we have so much professional development built into our to our days and our schedules and things. In fact, maybe it's maybe too much from time to time. It takes us out of the classroom a little bit more. But you know, there is so much that's going on that I I think I really don't foresee it being a problem for them to be able to upgrade. Yeah, perfect. Well, hopefully this helps alleviate some stress as they start finding out they need points. Um, in the past, the other and Amy, I would just say the other thing I was doing, if they really are getting stressed out by it, like if it's really going to push them over the top because they just are really concerned, that three-year renewal, even though it's not very long, that gives them 50 points right off the top um, mm -hmm. just for teaching, just for having been a teacher. And so, I, yeah, I, I, I would... I would think that we would be able to come up with some ways to help them get to the 100 points in other ways so they could have the five year instead of the three. But, but I mean, a fallback, that, that's a decent fallback to be able to go back to that. Yeah. So then I think the other question is, um, as far as if it's their time to renew or upgrade or whatever, um, what, do, what can they expect from HR as far as support and help? Like, we know that there's letters. Debbie and I have received letters from HR in the past. <laughs> so is there going to be letters this year that they would be receiving to help them? And they will. They'll get they'll get an email somewhere around the middle of November, a first email that should have the links and everything on it. Awesome. Um, and really there are a few things that they can't even start doing online yet. They're, they won't be able to until after January. But there are some things in the frankly the most challenging part of the whole thing is gathering up those certificates and those things yeah. right I mean, that kind of tends to be the hardest thing um and so I, yeah they'll they'll get something and, and in those emails there'll be direct links to the different forms and the different things that they're doing and uh in that email there'll also be a connection where if they want to they can click on it and schedule an appointment to come and well not even come but just visit virtually and we'll, we'll connect and i'll be able to help support them as they go through that so yeah no they'll definitely see that we should and then there should be three more letters um that come throughout the year and hopefully we don't get back to the point where things kind of shut down again but the nice thing for these 
individuals that are renewing at this point in time is they've all should have been fingerprinted since 2016. So they shouldn't have to fingerprint again. They should be able to just initiate the background check and be be good to go. Yeah, that's good. That that will be one less stressful thing for them to have to squeeze in. Um, I know that another question that they ask us a lot too is, is there something they can start working on before their third year? I know we've kind of talked to some about getting their suicide prevention training done. Is that one of those they can get done before? Yeah. Um, that's one that they could do as long as they do it within that time frame. you know, within the three year or, or now after this, after they renew this time, it will be a five year time frame. Um, as long as they're doing it within that time frame, they'll be fine. Um, but really then the student data, the student data privacy um, piece that they need to work on, they can do that ahead of time. Ahead. Okay. Um, the ethics training has to be within a year of when they renew. So they could do, they could do the ethics training as well. Um, but other than that, I don't know that there's a lot of other things. Oh, the code of conduct, that's a new one that, but we, that we do that with our, um, crucial policies. Crucial policies. And so that usually, hopefully that's done by now. So, um, <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, fingers are crossed, but no, really that's, the, the biggest part really is just collecting those certificates. I mean, if, if you've got those and just, just put them away, I just can't even imagine anybody that wouldn't have had enough professional development to be able to hit those marks if, if they've just saved the certificates. Um, but that would be one thing that I would say is they can actually go back and if for some reason their principal hasn't made um, a certificate they can just ask them and they, and they can still make that certificate it, it's not you know as long as it's not a big deal to have that certificate reprinted or or made differently perfect that's great any other things you can think of debbie that we think needed to ask i think we covered all our questions very well yeah. thank you I think one of the biggest things I want to make sure that the new teachers do is when you get those emails from HR, please read them. I know I've had people tell me before, I didn't read it because there was too many words on it. <laughs> read it because eventually you'll get one that says you'll be terminated if you don't get your license taken care of. <laughs> so read That's it. what I was going to say. If, if you don't <laughs> like those letters, those emails, just read them and start getting onto it. Because once you, once we know that you've completed it, we won't send them to you anymore. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and as sad as this is, my first year here as in this role, we had to have two sit downs with teachers to say, look, you will be terminated if you don't. And it was a very short period of time that they had to get it done in. And, mm -hmm. and that's a hard thing to do because I, 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 I had heard of their reputations and they were both reputable, great teachers. And for me to be like, hey, <laughs> you're gonna lose your job is scary for me because I don't you know they're great teachers we want them in the classroom but yeah. having a license is part of being a teacher and and if you don't have that license and we continue to employ you then guess who doesn't get money to pay you with and so it all of a sudden becomes a volunteer position I guess but <laughs> I 
what we all want. Oh man. So please so we want to get you <laughs> please read your emails. Yes, yes. Um, well, great. And I know, we know that there's great support over HR to help teachers with licensing. Um, is the best people to contact Stacy and Jill or do they contact you? Is there you no know, Stacy and Jill are, are great to do like when I say when they when they see that email though, it will they'll come, it will come with my with your name on the link and they can actually schedule a time right from the link and everything. Awesome. Um, but Stacy and Jill are amazing and they 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 do. They're they're really well acquainted with this relicensure process. And so um I, I would say probably start there because it might be that they can get a very quick and easy answer. But yeah. like when they see that email, if they feel like they need to have a, a conversation with me, I'm more than happy to to connect with them and help them out. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Wyatt, for meeting with us today and taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to the new teachers. And we appreciate all you guys do to help the new teachers as well. So thanks for coming on our podcast. We are so glad Wyatt spent that time with us to help us clarify some licensing questions you may have. Um, and the links that he mentions are included on our website with this podcast. One of the important things we need to cover in the episode is self-care. It's important to remember that you may still be experiencing some disillusionment. This time of year, it's common for teachers to feel overwhelmed and even, even question their career choice. And it's only intensified this year. We want to make sure that you recognize that it's okay if you're feeling this way and there are self-care things that we can do to help. One important service that is provided to you through our insurance and the district is counseling. Sometimes you just need that extra someone to talk to and work through challenges or feelings you may be experiencing, and it's okay to need that. Our district insurance works through Blomquist Hill. The service you would receive from them is free. All you need to do is call 801-262-9619, and they will take care of you. They will work with you and help you figure out those next steps if you need them. We also wanted to spend time talking about self-care. Today we're going to invite one of my wonderful friends and former co-workers, Sarah Susav, to um, talk today about self-care. She is one of our school psychologists. And oddly enough, as I was looking around for someone to talk about this, she's already helping her faculty with self-care classes. So I'm gonna turn the time over to Sarah to teach you about what she's doing and how she can help you. Sarah. Thanks, Debbie. I'm really happy to be here and I appreciate that. Um, one of our school counselors, Kara Atchison and I are doing Wellness Wednesdays at our schools for teachers. Um, the one thing that we noticed coming back that was kind of unexpected was that everybody was worried about the kids' mental health but nobody really talked about the teacher's mental health. And that's the word we've seen a lot of the impact because whether they're teaching online or in person, teachers are having demands on them that are so difficult and like, and it's just been so hard for teachers to adapt to everything that they have to do this year. And it feels like self-care is one more thing to do sometimes. Um, it feels like it's just whatever, I need to take a bubble bath or I need to you know, go sit and blow bubbles or whatever I need to do. But self-care is critically important. It's things like eating foods that are nourishing for you, taking vitamins, washing your hands a lot so you don't get COVID, <laughs> um, making sure that you're doing things in your downtime that are not teaching related, things that, are pas that you're passionate about, that are meaningful to you. 
I absolutely love the focus on mindfulness. Uh, kids, kids are learning it, teachers are learning it, we're all learning it, and we're all practicing it. And I love the email that you sent out with from your team today, Debbie, um, about mindfulness, about non-judgment, and just saying, this is how I feel, and it's okay that I feel stressed out right now. It's okay that I don't feel okay this year. What do I want to do about it? Do I want to continue feeling this way? Do I want to go outside? Do I want to take a walk? Do I want to exercise? Or do I maybe want to binge watch Netflix and then do something fun else? Or what do I want to do? That's great. <laughs> so I love mindfulness. There are tons of teaching tools for mindfulness. There's a book called Mindfulness for Teachers, and it teaches you ways to incorporate mindfulness into your and self-care into your routine. And it can be a short thing. So for example, I have a Fitbit and I have a two minute breathing meditation thing on there. And within two minutes, I can get my heart rate down from usually like 96 at school <laughs> to about 75, which is my normal resting heart rate. Um, and that's something that takes time and practice. But again, that self-care, it just slowly builds up over time, like a pyramid. It's not, you know, one, one step forward and then one step back kind of thing. It's you're building on it all the time. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. I am learning a lot already because I keep thinking I should just do this and then I'll be fine. But that's not true, right? It's, it's continually kind of work at. Yeah, definitely. Like anything else, um, most of us aren't automatically talented at self-care and mindfulness um, because we put our students' needs ahead of our own at school. <laughs> and for principals, they put their teachers' needs ahead of their own and the students' needs ahead of their own. And we're not always good at saying, I need three minutes to breathe, calm down and relax in the situation. And it feels like we don't have time to do that sometimes in our classes. That's true. So you mentioned eating well and exercise. Mm -hmm. And let's see, what else can I remember? Amy? Breathing. Breathing, breathing. Yes, the breathing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that you would highly recommend to us to try and do um i'm gonna stay for just a second on the breathing breathing helps your fight or flight response slow down and because there's two parts to your nervous system the sympathetic and the parasympathetic the parasympathetic is like a parachute and it slows you down so if you force yourself to deep belly breathe versus chest breathing kind of that shallow panicky <sighs> type breathing, but you're taking slow, big, deep inhales down into your chest, um, that's something else that can help kind of force your body to say, okay, it's safe. I'm good. A really simple one that sounds like it's dumb, but it's easy because it also signals to your body that it's safe is chewing gum. When you chew gum, your body's in, it goes into rest and digest mode. It says, okay, it's safe. We're eating. We must not be in trouble here. <laughs> Who would have ever thought? I know. <laughs> so we can pass out gum to everybody. And then exactly. <laughs> at the end of whatever we're doing to go to the next, yeah. to the next activity, right? Uh-huh. Not the students, but, you know, because sometimes they're naughty and they do things, but at places it shouldn't be. <laughs> really interesting, though. I did not know that about gum. Huh. Yeah. That was something I learned within the last year. There are so many different things you can do to take care of yourself. Really, whatever you like is good. So I teach at the Jordan Family Education Center, and I teach with a guy who's um, 
part-time military and he loves working out, like lifting weights. He loves it. I like swimming because it shuts my brain up. My brain's going, going, going all the time. But when I swim laps, it shuts me up and he feels the same way about weightlifting. Um, it doesn't have to be exercise. It can be spending time with people that you love. It can be taking a drive. It can be giving yourself 20 minutes to do nothing or letting yourself take a nap when you're tired, especially on the weekends or maybe right after school because you have a lot going on. There's so many forms of self-care. You know, in our lunchroom area, we have a jigsaw puzzle set up. And for some people, it drives them crazy. But there are <laughs> about three to four of us that that is our 10 to 15 minute downtime. And we'll, if we can even put one or two pieces in, we're good to go. And I find that's really therapeutic for me. I love that. It's such a small thing and it doesn't take much time. It's perfect. You know, a lot of us choose kind of unhealthier coping skills, myself included like escaping by sleeping or watching Netflix or um, eating foods that are comfort foods, but maybe aren't as healthy and don't give us the energy that we need. Um, I'm totally guilty of this one, drinking too much caffeine <laughs> instead of making sure I get enough sleep and, um, and rest to do things. So just really like what, kind of listen to what your brain tells you to do to relax and what your body's like, I really just need to you know, sit for a few minutes and do that thing. Your body and your brain are gonna tell you better than I could what you need to do and what's gonna be the most helpful thing for you. Well, Sarah, that's a great suggestion. And the don'ts are also really meaningful to me because I tend to wander to the don'ts a lot. Um, we really appreciate your time today. You are an expert and I can tell that you share a lot of good things with people. Thank you so much for the care of your faculty as well as your students. Thank you for joining us today. Before we go, we want to remind you to check your email for communications from HR. Take time for some self-care. Remember to eat healthy, get enough sleep, and to do something for you. If you need that extra support, counseling is always a great resource. For more information and help, visit our website at mentor.jordandistrict.org. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast. And as always, if you need help, let your mentor specialist know.